still not got boxes put away behind you? Got, no, that's just a, a box. My housemate ordered something, and uh, okay. we, we haven't got used to our recycling like routine yet. So, so recycling is a very important part of sustainability. There you go. That's our in. That's how we start the podcast. Yeah. There we go. Well done. <laughs> it's actually not. It's just a normal box there. But but yeah. So um, uh, welcome everyone to the Morning Cup Up podcast. I'm joined by Kai this week. Um, who the reason for this week is to talk around a new. Uh, program uh, initiative we're starting to put together to help kind of sit with our, our mantra of efficient effective and sustainable and looking at sustainability um i i got it in literally within the first minute i managed to get that in um you didn't have to force that one in it's quite a natural yeah it a is. natural segue yeah yeah i think it's when people start taking the taking the piss in the office and sort of smirking as i say any one of those three words like, <laughs> i know i backed myself into a corner of this but but yeah so um Kai, well, I mean, to, to get to get kicked off, what what's the uh, what motivated this whole conversation? Well, have we, have we said the uh, the name of the well the program okay. yet? I, I, th- I think <laughs> did I mention it? It might have been pre hitting record. I'm not sure, but we're we're we're, we're launching. Obviously, we're, we're launching the Carbon Collective, which is well, Kai. Rather than explaining what it is, what what kind of motivated the start of coming up with with this kind of program? Well, I guess the main point is that transport isn't a very sustainable like industry across the board and particularly road transport and then within that particularly like haulage and hgvs are like specifically inefficient in how they run um and hub has always like tried to help with helping our customers be more sustainable like the fuel tracker is a good example of that helping people reduce the fuel they use increase their mpg uh, and so this you, was just you another. It, you got it around the right way that time. Increase yeah. it, not decrease it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's decrease fuel use, increase it. There's a lot of different. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. We won't hold it against you. Yeah, um, MPG. Yeah, increasing it is, is obviously what we're trying to do. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, our fuel tracker is has been. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the pod before, but it kind of came out of an accidental product. We didn't actually design it to do what it does, if that makes sense. Um, and then we realised the power of it. I think. John was um, talking to one customer who saw that they 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 hadn't really been tracking fuel in other than putting it onto Hub and didn't really realise why. Is one of their admin kind of people doing it and realised they spent like eight hundred grand on fuel over the last twelve months. Like didn't realise it was such a big number because you don't. So I think the fuel tracker doesn't actively help people reduce increase MPG and reduce fuel co- fuel costs. But it does make it transparent and understanding, and it, you can actually see the data. And I think that's kind of that's half the problem with these things: is it, it's so easy to roll fuel as a necessary cost. Because I mean, there's only so much. I mean, electric vehicles. Well, obviously, we've spoken about on the pod before. I can't, it was John that came on a few few months ago, talked about yeah. that. Obviously, the first ele- podcast. I think it was actually. Yeah, it was the first one we ever did. And oh how the 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 quality has has gone downhill in terms of how you run this no no obviously yeah i mean electric vehicles are great but like electric cars are fantastic but there's a lot of unknowns and technology i don't think is quite there to be commercially viable um not for all types of road transport i think i was talking yeah go on well i was gonna say that's the issue of a lot of sustainability um programs and initiatives is that it's always the very furthest end that people are looking at which electric vehicles and alternative fuel is probably like the end goal that's where transport needs to get to but it's not the next step 
and it, it's a way off. I mean, there's a lot of things that are outside of the control of the holy. The holy can't do anything about that. You just got to wait for the tech to be there. Yeah. Exactly, and actually, not the tech is the infrastructure. I think is bigger is the bigger issue. Although I was talking to Casper during the week, and he was saying that he uh, uh, this Mercedes, I think it's Mercedes, have, have have got a prototype of something. He's got an eight hundred mile range. Like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like that that will actually like the, a lot of the issues is the range is obviously if you have only got like a two and three hundred mile range, you got to fill up or charge multiple times a day. It takes a while to charge, blah, blah, blah. 800 miles, actually, that might work. For su- it widens the, the the base of types of client that can that can use it. Um, and then they have like a calculator in on, the, on their website to work it out. You can actually go, well, I'm going to be using it like this with a refrigerated load. And just did a normal, like, I think it was multi-drop um, refrigerated load, I think is what Casper said. And he said the range dropped from 800 miles to like 47 miles. Like, well, well, obviously that's not going to work. Like it's still not there, even with the big brands. It it was a prototype. It's obviously there to get the feedback and stuff, but yeah, electric vehicles, there's only so much you can do as a haulier to actually make a difference. So, um, so yeah, I mean, do you want to, yeah, go on. I was just going to say, I I think I've read a few, in a few places that hydrogen fuel is actually probably going to find its niche in heavy goods transport because of how quick it is to refuel. Yeah. I think the only problem is the cost. And again, the technology there. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, what, 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 what's the byproduct of hydrogen? Is it just water? I think just water vapor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously more, but then also what's the fuel source? Where does hydrogen come from? How do you yeah, That's the other energy? issue. Is that at the moment, a lot of the ways to produce hydrogen are just as unsustainable as yeah. fossil fuels. Which, I mean, I know you could look at electric and go, okay, well, how do we get electricity? It's, it's natural gas or coal. Okay, but there is a lot more stuff going into it. I, I think this is the thing is technology. I don't think the actual truck technology is that far away. I think the bigger issue is um, uh, infrastructure. Yeah. That's, that's it is even if you had quick charges everywhere, even if you had a thing that could charge quickly, they need to be in lots of locations like petrol stations. I know that Starbucks are, I think what I saw is somewhere trying to kind of call on that market. A lot of the roadside like um, service station, Starbucks that set up, not like the, not motorway services, but like A roads and like the the layby ones, um, they have charging points outside, and they're, I think they're trying to angle that they become the new petrol station, like but the the electric petrol station. So yeah, the the, the infrastructure needs to be there. That that is unfortunately the lack. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, guess that, I think that's where where the carbon collective might might be a good stepping stone. So, in broad terms, we've spoken about it a few times, like. The last few minutes but what actually is the goal of the carbon collective what what, what was, what's the point i'd say the main goal is firstly to make transport operators aware of the problem itself because i think that is where a lot of these efforts kind of fall flat is that they tell people the solutions to these problems but they don't really know why i mean they know why in the grand sense that climate change is bad for the planet but they don't know the specifics and how their individual <laughs> impact affects the overall accumulation of climate the consequences of climate change basically i think it's such a i think i think sean Locke made a really good um may he rest in peace whatever i meant to say i don't know uh he or one of his stand-ups one of his panel shows he was like me trying to reset me getting the right thing the recycling bin or me trying to reduce my carbon footprint is a bit like me turning out to an earthquake with a dustpan and brush I'm not <laughs> going to have much, but then, but then my argument to that is, 
But if everyone turned up with the dust from a brush, you can make some material change. So, I mean, it's a joke and I get it, but it's like actually every, every, if everyone does it, I mean, I know you're, you're, are you vegan or vegetarian? It's just vegetarian. Vegetarian, but eat as vegan as possible. Yeah. Like maybe I've just ostracized you from the entire audience, but maybe not, I'm not sure, but <laughs> like, I'm not vegan. I'm not vegetarian, but I try and eat vegetarian and vegan once or twice a week. If everyone did that, that's going to be far better than a small percent of militant vegans that try and do the best. It's like everyone should do a little bit and that cumulative thing can be there. So I think, yeah, seeing that, that the, the, I say the, the education piece, I think is really important to show that the changes operators can make is, are are actually valuable. So yeah, yeah. That, that's obviously the first step is, is, is an awareness piece. What else? What, what's the overall goal though? What are we trying to actually achieve? The actual goal is probably trying to help operators become net zero, which means basically that the carbon they emit is neutral as in they emit a certain amount that the amount that they, offset. I don't know how the best way to offset the, yeah. the amount they offset brings it back, back down to zero. So yeah. The effect say, isn't as harmful. I must say, I've been looking at, uh, since coming up with this idea of the carbon collector, there are other things out there, but they're not really transport specific, as we know. And it's all like, oh, yeah, print less or kind of work one day away from home or like have better recycling, have solar panels on the roof of your office. Like, well, that's fine if you work in an office, but transport's really hard. Um, so I think, yeah, the first point was always around awareness. So like educating your pros and actually this is a problem and these are the reasons why you should deal with it. The second piece was around actually helping people monitor fuel usage and carbon emissions, because once you can monitor it, you can then reduce it. Um, so you reduce your actual emissions that way just by like, I know we're teaching kind of our, our listeners probably to suck eggs, but the way drivers operate the vehicles can change their, their emissions. So like idling kind of unnecessary, like harsh braking, harsh acceleration, um, tire pressure. I'm sure we've done this on a previous podcast actually, or, or maybe it's a, maybe it's a, uh, a, a guide or something we've written, but like, oh, there's definitely the, blogs and guides about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's loads. Um, I, I don't know. I think there's a toolbox talk we did on this. That's, that's why I remember saying this out loud, but like sheeting, properly loading your, your vehicles, like all those things. And that, and that, that's just about like reducing emissions, like reducing the, the or increasing the, improving the efficiency and effectiveness and also the sustainability. <laughs> there you go. That almost made sense as well. Um, but there's also like, I mean, I think we spoke about like route planning and stuff and like backloads and, and unnecessary kind of like choosing routes that are more efficient. Um, so there's loads of things and that, that, but there's no real point doing that unless you can benchmark as to whether it's working or not. So I think that the other, the next piece as, as we kind of came up with is looking at ways to monitor to then reduce. But then ultimately that's that you still cannot until, as we said, change to electric vehicles you're still going to be emitting fumes out of the exhaust of your vehicle, regardless of how efficient you are. So obviously the third level, which you, what you said is, is kind of going for that net zero, like carbon neutral kind of place. And how, I mean, we, we've, we've kind of come up with some ideas of how we're going to do this, but what, what sort of ideas have, have we, have we come up with? Well, I guess, yeah, like we said, we've already said about fuel alternatives is that that's not like viable for every transport operator to just suddenly adopt right now. So a lot of the ways people offset carbon is by either planting trees or purchasing land where they can plant trees. And because trees absorb a lot of carbon from the atmosphere, they 
they have the opposite kind of type, like whereas humans emit CO2, the trees take it in. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a big thing that a lot of companies do is their way of offsetting. <coughs> yeah. So I think that was, that was the main, I think that was our main kind of goal is we've not, obviously the carbon collective is not launched yet. It's still very much in kind of, um, decision stage of what we're going to do with it. Um, but I think the, the, that ultimate goal of helping, because the thing is you can plant trees and you can plant trees. There's different ways of doing it. You can't just go to your local park, put a sapling, go, job done. <laughs> uh, I know, I know, um, James Watt of Brewdog, obviously they, I don't know how much you follow kind of the Brewdog story. I know he's been slated a lot in, in the media, um, for various things. Um, I don't actually agree with a lot of them, but then it's not my place to disagree or agree. It's, it's in the public domain to, to, to discuss, but he's going for a carbon positive, negative, the, the good one where they actually, uh, absorb more carbon than they emit. So they're having a net positive result. And so they plant it. They, they've bought a load of forests, a load of, um, like, like land up in Scotland so they can start planting trees. Um, and he's kind of insulated by that, but like, he's actually like, there's still no trees on it. So it's like, how can you be carbon like positive if you haven't got any trees yet? But it's like, you can't just go and whack a tree in the ground. It's got to go with the, with the actual plan. And so choosing carbon offset programs is actually really important to make sure you do your research and you find ones that are actually ironically sustainable. I know that sounds kind of weird because by definition they should be sustainable, but there are some that are just you pay seven quid to plant a tree and the plant your tree. You don't know what it means. You don't know what effect it's going to have and how long it's going to like, it's it's that that's that. So yeah, I think choosing the right carbon offset program, something that we yeah. have a bit, bit of research to do, because it needs to align with obviously what we're trying to achieve because it's, and also making it cost effective because it's not cheap to plant a tree. It's not cheap to maintain a tree. And so someone actually wants to offset their entire like, uh, I think the overall goal of what we're trying to achieve is trying uh, our really audacious goal. And I think it's important that we actually say it is we're trying to remove a million tons of CO2 from the atmosphere. That that's what we are, that, that if we had one big scary goal to put on the, on the slogan, that, that is that, and a million tons of CO2 is a lot of trees to plant. So it's going to be costly. And so it's about working out what's the most cost effective way of doing that. So, so yeah, I mean, what, what have you done i'm guessing you've done i mean this is obviously your your baby your project so so what you've like stumbled upon as as the thing you wanted to to sort of um run with what other things have you found in in your research around like carbon offset programs that are out there you found those well, interesting or i think you're right to say that more research needs to be done in picking the right offsetting program because i don't want to name any company names cause i don't remember the specific ones but a lot of them will do things like buy a nature preserve and then say they're carbon neutral. And it's like, well, it was already a nature preserve. You've done nothing other than buy the land that was there. Yeah. Those trees were already going to be there. So it's about making sure that the, the offsetting is actually offsetting something. It's not just a, a name that you can slap onto something to say that you're carbon neutral. Yeah. I think it's really important. There, there's a lot of, obviously the carbon collective is not going to be a, at the moment, it's not an accreditation. It's not a certification program. It's very much a an in-house thing that we we help you facilitate. It's very much like it's an initiative that you run. We're not because there's quite a lot of hoops to jump through to to do that. And I think it's important that this is a bit of we're helping operators take ownership of that. So it's about guiding them of how they can do it. But ultimately, it's a it's an in-house program. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of 
um, a lot of people would jump on the bandwagon and offering services that might not be as sustainable as, as you think. Um, and there is no, there is no real industry standard when it comes to carbon neutrality um, as, a, as a measurement. There's a few ISO things that kind of touch on it. Um, there's a few kind of other kind of programs and protocols that I've kind of come across, but none of them, there's no standardized approach for how you, how you do this. So it's very much a, a bit of a wild west out there. Um, yeah. I guess the, uh, the key thing is that offsetting is kind of the final step. Like before you do that, you do have to reduce your emissions somewhat for it to be an, a viable thing yeah. to actually offset. And all the ways that we've already outlined that transport <laughs> operators can reduce their carbon emissions are ways that benefit their business anyway, like better, like route planning yeah. is always going to be good. Having better better MPG is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Better driving Act habits is good. So yeah, actively, actively reducing your emissions rather than offsetting them. Obviously emissions come from fuel, fuel costs money. You're literally burning money. If you can burn less fuel, you're burning less money. So it, it does make a material difference to your bottom line and profitability. So when people say, oh, we can't afford to be sustainable, like, I don't think you can afford not to be, to be honest, especially with the cost exactly. of fuel going up as it has. So yeah, I think, I think, the carbon collective is very much around trying to do just that is to help people understand their, their, their behavior around carbon and, um, and their emissions and a ways to offset that ways to reduce that before offsetting it. So how can people find out a bit more or kind of pre-register for the carbon collective? Cause obviously it's not live just yet. There's still quite a lot of work to go into, but I'm so excited. Oh yeah. Uh, this, how have I got to like 15 or so, so minutes into this and only just remembered, oh yeah, we won an award, didn't we? Totally forgot yes. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's kind of what, why we're, we're kind of pushing this out into the world is obviously we're in a, we, we're an award winning product with our fuel tracker. We, um, we won the best business award for most sustainable products in the UK. Um, and yeah, I think that's why we wanted to kind of ride that a little bit with, with, getting the carbon collective out into the public domain earlier than maybe we were ready. So yeah. How can people find out about the carbon collective? What can they, where can they go? Uh, well, there is a URL. I think it's hubhq.co.uk forward slash carbon dash collective. That might be wrong. I'm sure we'll put it in the description. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure an it accurate is. One, so. I think it is carbon dash collective, but yeah, the link will be in the, in the show notes below. Um, yeah, that's kind of kind of it at the moment, isn't it? It's it's just a, a very very basic kind of waiting page just to kind of collect people's interest, and then um, yeah, we'll be we'll be announcing the launch of it shortly. But I just wanted to, I guess I wanted to, I really should have done this ask about face, and I should really have talked about the the award winning bit first to, to hook people <laughs> into the episode, the episode. But there we go. Um, yeah, so um, I think yeah, this this week's edition of the morning cup of the newsletter, I think you, you it's it's about we decided it's going to be yeah, about, all about sustainability. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, um, I must say I was with a customer this morning and it's nice to hear we get feedback. I've got talking about the, the podcast it, as a, as a, as a product, as a, as a, as a show, um, got some really fantastic feedback actually over the week, kind of saying how they, that people are actually listening to it and really enjoying it and, um, getting value out of it. Um, which is nice because when we first started this, what, six months ago, I very much felt like I was just talking to myself. Um, and now we actually have people actually listening. So it's quite nice to, to sort of see the, the listenership go up a little bit. And as I say, we don't do this for money. We don't do this as a, we don't get sponsors, although we, we, we had a few sponsors that were just friends of the show to begin with, but yeah, we don't get any revenue off this. It's just a, 
an excuse for me to talk to interesting people about interesting things um, and try and add value to, to operators as best we can. So, um, yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add about the Karma Collective or anything else in general? And that's pretty much it, to be honest. I must say, I was almost going to try and throw in some of our new features that we've started to roll out with guests, but I thought, well, maybe our audience would care about kind of whether you like tea or coffee. Tea or coffee? Both. (laughs) Okay. Do you know what? Elizabeth, uh, okay. Cut from here while I find stuff. I'm going to find the, 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 I'm going to find the questions. Let's do a quick, quick fire round and see where you get to. Um, so uh, either Elizabeth will go and fi- find, we might put some music doo, 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 or something like that. Um, I realize that I've sung that now. So that's, that's going to be the thing that's going to be in here. Uh, I must say, uh, as I've got practice at this, it's, I feel better at filling time needlessly. So there's no bed music required. So, okay. Yeah. So, uh, no thinking, just doing, um, some of these probably won't make sense. You're not a TM, but we'll go tea or coffee, both external, internal TM, external. Failure operator or an easy operator? Easy operator. <laughs> Favourite county? Lancashire. Uh, what? Yeah, I don't know why I had to ask that. I need the answer. I'm going to ask these questions as though you know what you're talking about. Scania or Renault? Scania. Volvo or DAF? Volvo. There you go. So we'll put this. I've got driving or TMing, but you don't do either. So I can you drive? drive. You can drive. Yeah, you can drive. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you drive? Okay, driving or public transport? Public transport. More sustainable. Oh, very good. Always on <laughs> brand. I like it. Favorite beer? Time and tide. I, think I have a favorite. Yeah. Time and tide brewing. There you go. That's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is good. It is. We, we drink it every every social night out, we do, don't we? Um, favorite cocktail? Uh, Long Island iced tea. Ooh. Um, fours or earned recognition? Fours. I mean, you've got to say that at the moment, haven't you? Um, paper or digital daily checks? Please don't digital. say paper. Thank you, good. And then I, I, I'm going to ask these questions. I know you wrote the blog, but what's your favourite services in the UK? I don't even remember what the no. favourite was. <laughs> um, what's your, what, what, no, that, that was my popular. What's your favourite? Do you have my one? My favourite. I don't think I have a favourite. The one in Lancaster is terrible, I'll say that much. Okay, so that would be your least favourite then? Yeah. So, but I think Exeter is is pretty high on my list, mostly because I know I'm going on holiday when I get to it. Um, it was a few weeks ago when we, I was writing these questions. A few weeks ago, um, it was a good ten minute discussion in the office. I don't know if you were, you were in that day um, around genuinely them discussing their favourite services. Bear in mind, some of these guys, some of these, some of our team don't even have a driving license and they have favourite service stations. So, yeah. Um, okay, that, that kind of worked, that did. I'm quite impressed with, with that, that quick fire questions working. I, I didn't have to do too many changes to that. So, um, yeah, I think um, just to kind of summarise, is obviously the Carbon Collective is a new initiative that we've launched or we're about to launch to try and reduce um, carbon emissions by a million tonnes of CO2. Um, that's our big, scary, hairy goal. Um, and to find out more, go to hubhq.co.uk slash carbon dash collective. I hope we'll find out when we put it in the show notes. Um Uber. But other than that, um, I just thank you, Kai, for coming on. I know you don't particularly enjoy public speaking, although I think you, you, you're starting to, you're growing into it now. You feel this was definitely better than the last one. Yeah, I think so. Is it, well, the thing is, it's a subject, I guess, talking, last one we talked about was um, uh, loneliness and working in isolation, which is quite an ironic thing to be doing remotely, I guess. But um, <laughs> this is something that I, I guess, yeah, I mean, the Carbon Collective, it came out of a need to 
have some material impact on the planet. Um, and I think we all share that that vision. So yeah, I think it's easier to yeah. talk about something you you care about. So so yeah, thank you very much for coming on, Kai. And um, that's no it from me. Until next time, um, I'll catch you later on the Morning Cover Pod. I didn't do all the whole subscribe and stuff. Oh, maybe, maybe that's great. We'll leave it all in. Leave all this in, Elizabeth. There's literally no editing required. This is the easiest part <laughs> you're ever going to do. Obviously, as our audience know, we do rely on people to like, share, subscribe, and all that sort of stuff. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Not yet TikTok. John will eventually get us on there, but we're not there yet. Um, if you do like what you hear, obviously Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcasts, please leave us a review and a thumbs up or whatever it is that that platform does. Um, it'd be nice to, to get some and if you uh, some recognition. And if you do enjoy it, um, please do share it with your friends, family, and your your cousins, aunties, uncles, whoever else might want to listen to this. Um, that is now all of it for me, I think. Um, yeah, well, just that's it. Fine. Cheers, guys. Bye.